right. Let's go. Hello, friends. It's Chapo coming at you Thursday, January 5th. Uh, we are back from our sojourn among the Navi, uh, back back to the back to this planet and its uh, petty banalities. Uh, one day we will wake up with a whale friend, but until then, we just have to keep covering what's going on in Congress. And boy, oh boy, folks, those those clowns in Washington, those clowns in Congress, they're at it again in an ongoing saga that I am calling uh, "Speaker Box and the Votes to Go." Is that anything? Ooh, okay, okay, yeah. How about um, Kevin can wait? <laughs> There's a, a lot we can do there. Stairway to Kevin. Um, we need uh, to vote about Kevin. Oh, yeah, we need to vote about Kevin. That's good. That's very good. Uh, um, yes. l- oh, lucky number Kevin after the famous movie, <laughs> n- lucky <laughs> number slip. Well, well, the, the movie everyone remembers. Okay. <laughs> Well, our lucky number uh, eleven heads. That's that's a little gem for you. I uh, know, but at at the, at the time of this recording, they have currently started their ninth vote for Speaker of the House. Their ni- awesome. ninth ninth time is the charm. Uh, they failed to secure a Speaker of the House, and I gotta say, uh, do we really need a Speaker of the House? What, the, like, just get get rid of this shit. Just just move on. But uh, what I love what I love about uh, the, the this current holding pattern here is that like this is like. Some sort of like a quantum state for Congress that I really enjoy. It's because like they don't have enough votes to stop voting, but like it's just they're in a perpetual state of uh, just waiting for a vote that's going to happen, but not having the votes to stop voting. And I think that we should just keep them all like in some sort of like Schrodinger's cat in this quantum congressional state of uh, perpetually doing the same vote over and over and over again and never being able to vote on anything else, but just not having the votes to stop voting. But they have to keep voting. Yeah, and no one, like, it's not just Republicans. Like, Democrats can't leave the voting hell chamber. They can't leave (laughs) voting purgatory because then that would bring down the number, it would bring down the threshold that Kevin would need to become, like, (laughs) the worst and most embattled speaker of all time. So everyone is just trapped in this fucking voting limbo forever. Um, I mean, this is really like you have to go back not just before the 19th or before the 18th century or the 19th century. This is like what parliaments were like when whaling rights were the main things they debated about. (laughs) This is like, I mean... This is this is English Civil War type parliamentarian stuff. <laughs> it's this true. We really need grim. fucking Oliver Cromwell to bust the door down and kick these people out. They they for the love of God, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I want to say outside bet. I mean, like who the fuck knows? I think it's equally likely that we get like a sort of like weird hamstrung Kevin Imperium or <laughs> a Lebanon type power sharing agreement. I'm just gonna say right now. I'm feeling like I'm playing with a hot hand after my recent rash of bets in 2022. Fred Upton. It's going to be Fred Upton. I don't give a I'm shit. Hearing, we're hearing more and more people talking about Fred Upton. Yeah, fuck it. I, I, I don't actually think that, but fuck it. I'm, I'm putting the marker down. I'm, I'm putting 100 on Fred Upton. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we got, hey, Justin Amash? Justin Amash? No, no. no. Like, Are you no. joking? No, I, I just like that he just shows up, and he's just like, Guys, you guys need me. I'm you guys here. Need you know? me. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready Dude, to go. That, that Justin Amash showing up is like, that is like, he saw that Indie Sleaze was trending again, and he was like, okay, 2007 through 9, Fantagram, Crystal Castles, Justin Amish. If it's going to be any time, it's going to be now. Uh, but you know, I mean, I I, I, I guess in, in, in thinking about all of this, I mean, like the the question for me uh, that, that I'm puzzling over watching this this transpire is, what exactly are like Matt Gates and Kevin McCarthy fighting over? Like, what is at stake? I mean, I guess it's just like yeah. how how much uh like a, uh, how much power they have over the Republican agenda, and like like how how much they can use uh, the threat of default to cut Social Security and Medicare. I mean, it just I just think that, like. They're, they just don't like Kevin. They don't want they don't to talk trust to Kevin. Them. They don't trust Kevin. They don't like Kevin. But it's just, if Kevin becomes Speaker of the House, 
like uh, uh, their uh, the Taliban contingent is going to have like wildly outsized to the number of people they represent authority over the Republican agenda and Washington in general. And if he doesn't win, like I mean, who's who who is walking through that door? Like, who are some of the names? Okay, the, I'm, I'm looking at this. I here. hear Dennis Hastert is getting work over. <laughs> <laughs> they furloughed. Hey, furloughing you know, I mean, his ass. you know, you yeah. know, he well, knows how to do the job. Yeah. Well, like, you know, maybe QAnon needs a white hat pedophile. It's like a Hannibal <laughs> Lecter type situation. Okay, because like on, on the seventh or eighth vote, the one that just happened, uh, Matt Gates voted for Donald Trump. And it's one of those Air Bud style situations yeah. where you don't actually have to be in Congress <laughs> to be Speaker of the House. And I love I love the Donald Trump vote because the thing is, Trump has already tried to rein in uh, the the Gateses of the world by telling them to vote for Kevin McCarthy. But this is a honestly another another example of how washed Trump kind of is. They don't need him anymore. And they're doing their own thing. And here's here's how I can tell they're doing their own thing. Because this fucking chucklehead is nominating Donald Trump to be Speaker of the House. A punishment for him that would be as severe as prison, if not worse for him. Yeah, you don't have to work in jail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can just hang out. If he was the if he was speaker of the house, he would have to be there every day. You would have to be in Washington D.C. You would have to be uh, like doing procedural voting uh, maneuvers and things like that. He doesn't want he, he doesn't know or want to do anything like that. This would be exquisite torture for him being Republican speaker of the house, which is why I hope it happens. Yeah, speaker of the house. What that job actually is, you have to show up for work every day, which is part of the reason that Nancy was drunk half the time. <laughs> like I, you know kind of sympathize with her there because you you have to make sure you're there or else like even if you won a majority by like 30 seats you know someone's going to do a weird procedural thing and your guys aren't going to get their committee seats then you have to spend the remaining nine hours of the day like passing non-binding resolutions uh declaring that i don't know like azerbaijan has a nice shipping industry <laughs> like uh, uh, just all all the all these like bullshit like all these things that congress passes that are essentially like 2011 era facebook statuses you have to sign off on all of those there's no there's no like pomp and circumstance the last thing i remember a speaker doing that actually had any like even any showmanship at all was the kente cloth uh, kneeling. <laughs> that was amazing. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. Uh, and yeah. And now, now, yeah. I, I get. I guess if Matt Gates and company get their way, they'll be doing the opposite of the kente cloth. I mean, they'll be dressing up like I don't know, cops or something. I don't know. Yeah. White hoods. Don't make it yes, too complicated. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but okay. Like so. So some of the possible alternatives to McCarthy that have been floated, I, I've been having fun with. Uh, per. For the latest, I heard from, uh, I think, Jake Tapper is reporting that Steve Scalise is back on the table for speaker. And he's sort of like, that makes sense because he's sort of like the, the second most powerful guy to uh, McCarthy in the House. But here's a problem. His shitbag leaks everywhere. No one wants yeah. that for the speaker. It's just, he smells. Okay, okay, well, shitbag, that's a problem. But do you realize with Scalise, it's impossible for him to get me too'd. <laughs> Doesn't have the necessary equipment. Rumor dictates. To, uh, and hey, and like Nancy Pelosi, he has to pee sitting down. So <laughs> let's, let's keep it going. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it, I've also uh, also floated also floated is Jim Jordan, who uh, the, the Taliban contingent. They say they trust Jim Jordan, but then Jim Jordan endorsed Kevin McCarthy. Now, my sources tell me that Jim Jordan would step into the speaker role in a heartbeat. But they're hung up in negotiation because he keeps demanding what he refers to as team doctor privileges for the Republican <laughs> caucus. He, he keeps asking them to turn and cough. I mean, yeah. Talk about degeneration. Going from the wrestling coach to who actually molested people as speaker <laughs> to the wrestling coach that ignored the wrestling coach that molested people. <laughs> There's, Everything is just there's a copy so much of a variety copy. in the GOP caucus of, of personality types who either did uh, molest wrestling uh, wrestlers or simply turned the other looked the other way as wrestlers. Yeah, were being molested. Well, the, this whole thing is it is funny though that like you know it's Kevin's turn in the barrel because it, it is like I mean okay everyone on that side everyone who had a job that had anything to do with republican midterm elections fucked up huge right but mm -hmm. kevin 
everything that the the Taliban nineteen or the Taliban twenty, whatever whatever number they're they're going with, he's like done everything that they want him to do. Yes, the real thing here is not that Kevin like did or didn't do something. It's that he's stood by like everyone that they've wanted him to stand by for the most part. It's the fact that like they can't look themselves in the eye and go okay, like Chris Rufo and all these other fucking dumbasses we listened to completely fucked us with our midterm strategy. Everyone hates us. 2024, as good as it may look for the Senate for us, um, just the, the basic map for both the House and presidency, it's probably the worst it has ever looked for the Republican Party. Um, you know, things can change, but this this culture war strategy seems to have just like just they are they're in a ditch reversing going in reverse as hard as possible not moving a fucking inch and they've got to they've got to blame someone and it's kevin yeah uh, not only not only has kevin i mean again like i i don't really know what is it is being disputed here i mean to me like matt gates and kevin mccarthy like all believe the same things i mean not only that but kevin mccarthy's own political operation raised like a million dollars for uh, a number of candidates who are currently um, holding up the vote. Yeah. I think what they want is they want to, they want someone who they can trust will go over, uh, will like actually follow through with a uh, threat to not raise the debt ceiling. Cause yeah. they, they know that, it, but you know, politics as usual type uh, establishment people, they can play around with the debt ceiling, but they understand that the actual consequences of default would be so catastrophic that they can't really press that button as much as they want to flex about it and they want to press the button and they want someone who they can trust will take it seriously and because kevin mccarthy got to where he is by just kissing everyone's ass and saying whatever it took to get him in a position of authority they know that, and they're like, we don't trust that you're not going to fucking ref- uh, Welsh on all this when it, the time comes. Yeah, when, so they want a re- they want a real G. Yeah, they, they they need a top G, not 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 a Connor like uh, Kevin McCarthy. But yeah, it's, I, but yeah, I, I don't. Think, I think, I, the thing is, though, it's like if it came down to it, if it came down to like a debt ceiling showdown, I don't think they have the votes for that. And also, like, even if they did, I mean, may, like, maybe, I don't know. I just don't see that. Even if they did, they're not dealing with the Obungler administration. You know, they're dealing with the Brandon Imperium. And it's like, if any Democratic president would print the trillion dollar coin, it probably would be Brandon, right? Mm-hmm. He would probably be like, oh, that's a cute holdout. We're printing the coin. Fuck off. Um. Yeah, like uh, the the concessions being offered by McCarthy to the uh, the, the Taliban twenty are uh, it, would, it would would allow just one member to call for a vote to oust the speaker, uh, more members of the Freedom Caucus to serve on the uh, House Rules Committee, and promises to vote on uh, bills like some bit like term limits and border security bills. But yeah, I, I think the real issue is uh, whether whether whether. Whether the yeah like how seriously are they going to threaten to default the economy, uh, to uh, cut Social Security and Medicare? But I mean, once again, like every time the debt ceiling and default comes up, man, um, they really shouldn't have just constructed that giant red button that says "Destroy the U.S. economy, do not push," and put it in a room full of toddlers <laughs> who <laughs> just see a red yeah. button and want to push. Yeah, it's they like, shouldn't it, have done it, it, that. They should they should unplug it from the economy. So like, let them hit the button, but. You know, like a little speak and say, a little busy box for them. Every time I've ever seen a, a sci-fi movie where there's a big self-destruct button and then somebody hits it and you go, oh, that's so stupid. Why would you build that in the first place? Uh, it's like, I'm sorry. I apologize because we literally did that. I mean, talk about, you know, there's just a lot of talk about like antiquated institutions, but I can only presume that that button was there in the first place. Uh, due to like I don't know Spanish doubloons uh, artificially <laughs> decreasing the value of gold. Uh, the the other guy whose name is being floated for Speaker of the House. I mean I know you guys must have seen this coming. I mean qu- quite frankly I'm surprised we haven't heard more about Br- Byron Donald before 
<laughs> Byron Wait, Donald. What? This is his moment to shine. And I just love that because I'm like, who the fuck is Byron Donald? I've never, he's a fucking <laughs> he's a congressman from Florida. And he's I'll like, tell oh. you who he is, sir. He was one of our <laughs> finest congressmen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is Byron Donald's moment. Byron, it's, it's it's your time to shine here. I mean, like, so I don't know. It's just uh, this this is all about you know. Uh, rules and it, and it really is it, it's funny to watch a guy as obsequious and ambitious as Kevin McCarthy be served a bowl of his own shit now nine times in a row and have to eat every fucking spoonful of it that's fun but at the end of the day like it, I, it does it really matter who's speaker of the house yeah yes it does they're in charge of what comes to the floor they determine yeah, but the, like, but, but anyone who realistically is going to be speaker of the house like is it going to change anything I mean it's just going to be it's going to be going to be some. Kind I mean, of- they, they want one of their own who will press the button because they want to end it all. And that is I mean, that has always been the argument f- for like uh, the uh, white right wing reactionary populism as a accelerationist forces. They are the only people anywhere near any levers of government who actually don't give a shit if the whole thing collapses because they're for the most part, it's because they're too stupid to actually understand what they would be doing. Not because they have any kind of, you know, uh, uh, some sort of willingness to push beyond the limits and, you know, break boundaries like that. If, if what they if what they if they got what they wanted, they would be as horrified as anyone else. They're just literally too stupid to know what they're fucking with. But that does. I mean, you got to ask yourself, like, do you want this thing to come down or not? Because these are the people who are going to fucking do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 again, though, is. <sighs> Would they have the votes if it actually came down to that? And I still well, I mean th- 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 that I it's hard to imagine those freshly uh, elected Long Island New York Republicans voting to end the world when right. they re- when they represent a bunch of suburbs who just want like you know they, they just want stormtroopers in the in the subways. They don't really want. Uh, a apocalyptic reckoning with the uh, world economy. Someone did just vote for Lee Zeldin to be Speaker of the House. I forget which Republican oh House member did that. <laughs> Lee Republican <Zeldin>. fucking Beto. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I will say, though, um, what, one, of, one of my favorite aspects about the, uh, the Speaker the speaker box drama is, like, I mean, this has been pointed out on Twitter, but because, like, no, no party officially, like, uh, controls Congress yet, it means the cameras on C-SPAN, like, the cameramen are free to just get, like, you know, they're 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 going Renoir style. You know, they're gonna do Jonathan Demi close ups on people on the <laughs> house floor. And they they're just showing you little sneaks, little 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 peaks at uh the House of Representatives that you normally wouldn't get on C SPAN. But um in this case, the one thing I really appreciated is really taking in for the first time George Santos as he just sort of like appears in the background <laughs> of every every frame on C SPAN. I see his is just like Dude, my man has like the glossiest lips I've ever seen. His Very shiny. Are, yes. His lips are so shiny. And he's got these weird glasses on and like an ill-fitting tie. And he's just sort of like like haunting the fucking background of like every one of these shots of like the negotiations going on. Not negotiating with anyone. And in fact, he has missed now two roll calls to, to, to vote on, on, on this. They've called his name twice and he just hasn't shown it. Which makes me think that George Santos is not his real name. Yeah. No. I think absolutely. that's the case. <laughs> yeah. He is stumbling around. He's dressed like a teddy bear. He always <laughs> he always looks like he just got done sucking on a ring pop. And it he's probably like in the process of doing the Brazilian equivalent of like a sovereign citizen defense to prevent being extradited by the federales. Or the, or the federalinos or whatever they call them over there. Uh, who knows what's going on with him? It, it is it is very sad to see how lonely he is in the house because, like, the house is, like, America's playpen for people who cannot have a job anywhere else in the yeah. world. And for George to be an outcast there, well, God, God, you, he's... I won't say he stepped in it, Um He's just, I mean, probably the weirdest liar in the world, right? Uh, he told uh, our own. He told one of our uh, first Twitch mods three years ago that his mom died in nine eleven, <laughs> unbidden, out of nowhere. 
and like, our friend Pedro. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a pretty easy uh, thing to fact check. Who died on nine <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. eleven? Like it's like the you know, like the the starting lineup of the nineteen thirty four Yankees or something. These are names that people can like find pretty easily. Uh, we've actually compiled, uh, thanks to uh, our research assistant Justin, compiled a list of the. Uh, the known lies that George Santos has been caught out in. So I'm just going to run down briefly. Um, uh, he lied about attending the Horace Mann School in uh, New York City. He uh, lied about attending NYU and Baruch College. He uh, lied that he worked for Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. Uh, that lied that he owned 13 rental properties. Uh, he lied about his role in the DeVolder organization, allegedly the name of his family's firm. Uh, he lied that he is a Jew whose grandparents escaped the Holocaust, uh, that his mother was a financial executive who died on 9-11, that he employed four Pulse nightclub shooting victims, which is, <laughs> again, like, just every, every atrocity of the last 20 years, this guy is like a Zelig figure for. He is, <laughs> yeah, he's Forrest Gump. <laughs> like what like what hasn't he been involved with he's like uh, oh i actually i i sold the balloon to balloon boy he is uh, <laughs> he is he is forrest gump because he's lying about all of this just like forrest gump was you, <laughs> yeah, by the way if you actually believe that bullshit he was sp spitting on the fucking bus bench i got a bridge to sell you he's a full <laughs> scammer so is george santos he also lied that he founded a charity. Uh, he lied about uh, being gay, being married. But however, I got to say, after seeing him walk around the floor of the house, I don't think he's lying about being gay. I, I, can, I, can, I can say that pretty safely. Um, going on, it says uh, that he is not a criminal. Uh, he committed check fraud in Brazil. Um, uh, he lied about getting mugged in 2016. And he also lied about buying tickets for a Hawaiian vacation for an ex-boyfriend. Uh, yeah, but and now and now just for that, no one wants to talk to him or be friends with him in Congress. I think that's quite shabby. I don't know. First of all, doesn't every Brazilian just kind of commit check fraud? Yeah, as like a rite of passage. Well, like, <laughs> like uh, I, I mean, if we're gonna start, if we're gonna start going after Brazilians for check fraud, are we gonna go after Germans for drinking? <laughs> I just, I don't agree with that. Okay. Um. Is there precedent in the House rules? I think some some parliamentary some parliamentarian geeks may know this. Uh, if you have to take a gay or straight test, <laughs> if they put a man or a woman in front of you, and you have to pick, sort of like the infamous conjugal scene from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> um, I don't they can know. Put like uh, sort of like. Um I don't know, sensors on your genitals and then show you um, uh, gay and pornography of the gay and straight varieties and, you know, measure the blood flow to your to your nether regions. Yeah. Why doesn't he just make it so his thing is lying? Like in the way that like Lauren Bobert, she made her thing guns and Marjorie Taylor Greene made her thing being like everyone who's ever been, you know, banned from a Best Buy. <laughs> Like just you know, he a lot of people in America are just inveterate liars, and he's one. I know, of them. and yeah, no, no, he's like he's he's like as I said before, he is the perfect congressman, and I hope I I hope he I hope he stays in office. I really do, because um, you know he represents America in a way that uh, you know most most people in the House of Representatives can't even dream of. Uh, Felix, going back to the thing you said earlier about like, do they have the votes? To if like they really wanted to like crater the economy um, and default you know default on the debt ceiling, did they have the votes for it? And Matt, that brings to mind to me one of your favorite uh, phrases from Michael Clayton. You know, yeah, say, do you got the horses for it? And I'm just imagining uh, the Freedom Caucus being asked, do you have the horses for it? And then Marjorie Taylor Greene bursts in and says, nay. <laughs> okay I, I i i saw that this morning uh did you see like i was uh i shared a clip of that ali alexander stop the steel guy screaming about marjorie taylor green did you guys hear that he's, yeah uh, yeah he's he was in his feelings hard about marjorie taylor green and she goes and he goes i will not suffer this harlot i will not be taught vows and loyalty commitment from a whore that I would ever take advice on morality from a whore. <laughs> and like his voice just totally cracks when he calls her a whore. And like, that's how, you know, he was really, uh, he was, uh, he was really, he, I also read another clip of that guy where he calls himself the father of dragons. <laughs> I okay, and that he can so, pluck anyone from Congress because he, 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 he gives birth to national movements. I'm like, dude, I, I 
father of dragons, fucking uh, stop this. Uh, dude, have a fucking, get a, have a jaw first. How about that? Well, so there seems to be a lot of meltdowns in that world. A oh, lot yeah. of meltdowns in the world of people who like kind of attach themselves to Kanye, who is, I don't know, is it, no one's like seen or heard from him in like two weeks, right? But Yeah, I don't know what the hell, I, I think he's chained to the same radiator they had Jordan Peterson on. Yeah, yeah, presumably he's, he's retired to a, a like a, a small exclusive retreat among him and his close friends. It's a high in the Bavarian Alps. It's a it's a little known luxury resort called known as the Eagle's Nest. He, that's where him and his, he's recording his new album there. <laughs> well, I one way or the or another, everyone who attached themselves to him uh, in the, I guess the, it was. It was sort of marketed as this is the precursor to Yay 2024, right? Yeah, like this is the this is the early makings of his presidential campaign. All those people, except for like one or two, have had massive public breakdowns in the wake of it. Almost like they are, you know, sort of chained their fate to an unreliable cokehead with bipolar disorder. <laughs> uh, this is very similar to if if that happened. But um, Ali Alexander is, even before this, even before the A world uh, meltdown, he, he is notorious for claiming that he has blackmail on, like, pretty much anyone. He, yeah. he You know, you could make up a guy and be like, hey, you know, um, uh, Ke Kevin, Kevin Smuckers said that you, uh, you aren't the real leader of the Stop the Steal movement. And he would go, I ha oh, I have recordings of Kevin Smuckers that would end his life. Well, I mean, this is what he's saying about Marjorie Taylor Greene. He says that he is going to report to the state of Georgia evidence of a crime that she has committed. She's probably reported it herself <laughs> by doing it on camera. You know, like, what the fuck? Here? He, he did in the same outburst, though. Did you see that he said he had recordings that would uh, get Tim Pool sent to prison? <laughs> <laughs> the recordings of his show yeah or or i guess maybe thomas's tim pool song no no yes a recording of the of the emo rock song that tim pool released that should get him sent to prison yeah. he's going to ego he's, he's going to adx florence for that horse shit yeah he's serving in a cell block across from chevelle <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah the recording ali alexander has is thomas's i want to hang out with tim pool song yeah we should pipe that in thomas yeah. tim pool song just finished eighth grade nobody knows this guy but it's time for a vacay we're gonna have a party tonight come in a swimsuit we ain't got no rules and don't tell your parents, but we're partying with Temple. Partying with Temple. We're partying with Temple. I am only 15, living every kid's dream. Partying with Temple. Partying with Temple. Man, this guy is so cool. No other kids here, dizzy from this root beer. Partying with Temple. Uh, just uh, uh, a live update here. Uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy just lost his ninth pick. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is like this is like watching a, this is like watching a perfect game. This is like like you're in the, you're you're watching a, a pitcher like dole out like you know it's like oh getting to be like the seventh or eighth inning. He hasn't walked anyone. Zero fucking uh, you know zero runs. It's just you're we're witnessing greatness here. And like I said, I hope it can. I, I don't want Congress to do anything. I want them to be doing this like six months from now. Oh, yeah. I mean, that yeah. they will have gotten what they wanted then because that fucking debt ceiling has to be raised. And if they don't have a speaker, they well, can't do true. it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, if, if that's the case, as I suggested yesterday, then Consul Biden must just simply seize power. He needs to he needs to just he needs to just ban Congress. Just get rid of it. Get rid of a representative body in our government. Emperor Biden, the citizens of our republic demand it. You must restore honor to our republic. Print the it, fucking it coin. Can't be it can't be Brandon because he's, <laughs> he's he's too associated with one of the culture strains. It's going to have to be some army guy. Some some nonpartisan army guy to come in and say, "Okay, enough of this nonsense. No more Congress." And no more Brandon either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, we're not... if he did that, most people would just be like, "Thank God, thank you." <laughs> They'd be relieved. You know, yeah. If if you if you seize power 
and you say this is the start of a new age, this is the second American Republic, blah, blah, blah. If you do that, it doesn't matter what you cloak it in, what you say, as long as like Castle is still on TV, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> or That's the, really uh, the rookie feds. Yeah. The rookie feds. Yeah. The rookie feds. That's no, really rookie good. feds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now I want to go back to what you're saying, Felix, about all of the uh, the sort of yay hangers on who have all had meltdowns and turned on each other. A, a phenomenon that we're seeing. I mean, like uh, the the House Freedom Caucus or like uh, them them getting what they want, or the more power that they get, the more fallouts and in like in infighting among them that seems to transpire. Like you know, like they're all beefing with Marjorie Taylor Greene now. She's been excommunicated, and we're seeing a, like a similar phenomenon happen on Elon Musk's Twitter. We're like. All these people, they get their accounts back. They, they're, they're, uh, their, their posts are no longer throttled. You can, uh, the, the cat turd beanies are no longer being embargoed. <laughs> you ship them across yeah. state and international borders. People, but, like, what are they doing? All of them are just reverting to just uh, attacking each other and going insane. Because they all hated each other before. Yeah, it's exactly. It's easy to be high-minded and talk about how, like, X person deserves freedom of speech when they're gone. But, like, once they're there, you're faced with the reality that you're all fighting for, like, the same attention economy as everyone else. I did see, I think Cat Turd, Cat Turd was actually trying to stop this because yesterday he see, made a post that was like, does anyone uh, uh, notice that uh, conservative posts are being throttled and that Elon Musk is being throttled? Which is like, <laughs> <laughs> like, so give them who, something to focus on other than just hating each other and themselves. Yeah, that's exactly what he was trying. But yeah. it's like, who who would be doing no, I, that? What I like, about like, that, is that like, he said it must be a rogue employee. He's just hired like three thousand people. There's still there's one ghost in the machine left. Like the last Japanese soldier in the Philippines. Yeah. Throttling cat turds, fucking. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the equivalent of that guy. It's the he's in a cave throttling posts, making it so you don't see Elon Musk's replies. He's hidden deep in a server room. I just like I don't know. It was a valiant effort by him because, like, look, you know, yeah. if if you're an online content creator, a political leader, you don't want infighting. Cat turd doesn't want this. This was supposed to be a happy year, but Come on, man. Cat turd, we had such high hopes for this. We're all gonna, we're all gonna get laid. We're all gonna get dethrottled, and now we're still the same miserable shitheads we were before. Because we want everything to be different, and we want some sort of radical change. But we're absolutely too much of huge pussies to do anything about it, other than fucking whine, other than complain about it, and expect somebody else to do it. And then if we get anywhere near any position of power, all we can do is throw a fucking tantrum. That and goes equally true for yours truly over Until something so. happens just by the sheer dysfunction that you bring into the proceedings because of your inability to press any coherent vision for anything. Uh, one thing I do like about the, uh, the, the, fact that, the fact that posts are still being throttled. Elon Musk, he's being censored by himself. What I do like about that is that they added the, the totally spurious view count to your tweets now to please these shitheads because they were like, I have 8 million followers, but my uh, my posts only get 30 likes. Well, now, now you can see the number of people who have viewed your posts, which I'm sure is completely made up. But look, like like with the House Freedom Caucus, like there, there's no pleasing these people. The last thing they ever want is to get what they want. No. Like, yeah, that, that's what you're talking about, Matt. Yeah, to get what you want is to be confronted with the fact that you're still you even after you got it. And there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> so you have to find a more outlandish and insane and self-destructive fantasy to pursue in the hopes that somewhere, somewhere along the line, somebody drops a fucking cinder block on your head and ends your misery, which you're too much of a fucking pussy to take care of yourself. Now, the best thing that could happen to these people is for the FBI to just arrest them for political. Oh God, they would love it. They get to go to cl- they get to go to jail. They get to be the, the ultimate oppressed, yeah, political uh, revolutionary. Oh, they would they would be so happy. Well, if you could if you could design like sort of like a villages type jail, yeah, yeah, pickleball every day, yeah. Uh, the, the The cafeteria is made to look exactly like a cheesecake factory. Well, okay, let's game this out. If there was like a left-leaning military coup, if there was like a, um, I don't know, a free officers movement in America, uh, how do they deal? Yeah, you know, we're we're all all hoping, (laughs) God willing. uh, 
how do you deal with like the Hitler particle suburbs in America? You <laughs> you don't like you don't do the like you're not being prosecuted, you're safe, there won't be recriminations, blah 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 thing. You instantly go into like, oh, you're you're so dangerous, we're sending you to a FEMA camp. But mm-hmm. the FEMA camp is like the villages. Yeah, they just throw a fence around it. No, no, yeah, just take exactly. the neighborhoods they already live in and declare them FEMA camps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they but, can post. Yeah. They can't vote or anything. Uh, they can't leave, but they get to post all they want on their own internet to each other. And there could even be bots that could be libs that they could yell at because they wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Right, right, right. You would have have like paid actors go in and be like, ooh, I'm your re-education officer. And they just, they just, you know, issue like horrible straw man talking points. Like they, they say the stuff that Steven Crowder says when he's dressed up in a dress mm-hmm. and you know, they can all pat each other, pat each, each other on the back for like resisting the, uh, reeducation officer. You can convince them that they're living in like conservative Hogan's heroes and that would <laughs> occupy like all their time. Like, like. Like, yeah, have them, give them, like, yeah, a libtard Colonel Kurtz. <laughs> clink, Colonel Clink. Colonel, Colonel Kurtz said that, well, they, they could become Kurtz, but they're, they're right, now. Right, right, right. The, the FEMA, camps are, <laughs> FEMA camps are now administered by a, a lit, like a blue hair Colonel Clink type figure. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Catch dude. They're, like, pre-made. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, pre-made tunnels for them where they can, no, like, I, go, they, they go in and, like, can use parlor. <laughs> Like watch secret NASCAR races, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. they have no idea we're doing this." He had an iPhone and a coffee can. Uh, no, yeah. and just like the real Hogan's heroes, um, the, the the people inside the Nazi POW camp will be, in actuality, um, sex crazed lunatics uh, murdered by a good friend after uh, filming thousands of sexual encounters and the sort of <laughs> seedy world of swinging yeah. and uh, rough sex in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, it will be Hunter Biden. <laughs> it was a group grope. It was a group grope, Marjorie. <laughs> She's been to at least a few. Yeah. Let's <laughs> go back to, to uh, the segue I wanted to do is we were talking about George Santos, you know, fugitive from uh, Brazil. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about another fugitive from Brazil. I know you guys have seen the amazing footage of de- recently deposed uh, patriot uh, Jair Bolsonaro uh, wandering aimlessly around the state oh of Florida. God. And I got to say, there is, nothing, <laughs> there is nothing that suits him better than that video of him walking around a Publix in Florida, like not buying yeah. anything, just sort of just wandering around aimlessly. Absorbing and the I vibe. Said, and I know I'm not the first person to suggest this, but like if Jair wants to run for office in Florida, that is a layup for him. He could run as a Democrat and win in Florida. Like, it'd be easy for him. He would love it. Uh, Easy, easy, easy times. I mean, I will say um, I think he could make it in. How it goes is anyone's guess because Jair's manner, his gait, his general way of being ever since he has left Brazil is very season five Junior Soprano. (laughs) What was up with that, like, like, didn't he almost lose a leg recently? Like, his leg was rotting off because of some flesh-eating bacteria? Yes, I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. I don't know anything <laughs> yeah. about this, no, I but saw, like, yes, I saw the scene, yes, I'm I sure. I saw the pictures. They were pretty gnarly. He had some sort of skin infection on his leg, yeah. And, yeah, he, no, he's gone to Florida to, because uh, his lawyer, no, this is not just, a like, a vacation. His lawyer is, like, you know, like, basically, like, every right-wing South American, you eventually end up in Florida if you lose power or you park your money there to avoid, uh, you know, taxation. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, no, he's, he's there on advice of his lawyers because he could potentially be uh, prosecuted um, under the Lula government for the many crimes he did in office. But, Jair, I just, like, Florida is, is basically already Brazil. But, like, think about yeah. it. Like, it's just, there, there, there's so many things. There's, there's so many... God, think how many doctors there are in Florida. Think how many hospitals there are he can spend time in. Think about how many dangerous animals he can pick a fight with. This is like, this, this is the perfect, perfect, sec, like second, third, fourth act. I don't know where he's at in life this far, but Florida is where it's at for Mr. Bolsonaro. And I'm, and I'm loving seeing him join our wonderful country. Well, he can get all his gangrenous limbs bitten off by gators and replaced by cybernetics. <laughs> he could be kind of like a Raiden in Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, a game I've been playing on my Steam Deck a lot. Um, I, I, 
I do think it's absolutely a new chapter because his wife did not join him. That's true. Very conspicuous. He has been staying with a former UFC featherweight kingpin, Jose Aldo, once the greatest 145-pound fighter on the face of the planet. Um, Jose Aldo does have a room in his house that is Minions-themed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we are to presume, you know, maybe... Um, We'll say there's a 33% chance that a freshly divorced, freshly out of power, after attempting the most half-assed coup in history, it made January 6th look like, I don't even know, like the work of Bismarck. Um, (laughs) He is now sitting alone, divorced, alone, out of power, in a minion's bed. And... (laughs) Jose, Jose, the former champion, this guy with tons of respect this guy who goes into the gym coaches fighters he's probably like hey i'm going to my gym i got you know i gotta coach my guys uh maybe you should go out and do something and jair's like oh yeah no no i actually um i have some plans and he just does the thing that every alcoholic husband without a job has ever done and wanders around grocery stores and train stations (laughs) pretending that he was at work like okay he's perhaps newly single i mean like come on florida this is like this is valhalla for him you know how many you know how many republican milfs are down there that would love to get minioned out by the former president (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man um well there is certainly no short supply of like leathery woman who you know kind of like you just gotta party honey there's a lot of get about her there's a lot of exotic animals that could fuck his shit up too. Yeah, like he, yeah. He could eat by a manatee. <laughs> he would be. He could be the first man ever like paralyzed by a manatee. Yeah. The first man ever attacked by one. <laughs> uh, but Bol- Bolsonaro wades into like a, a mangrove in, in Florida, and then is immediately just gang mobbed by manatees, like piranhas or something. <laughs> Manatees do to him what we what we all thought as kids, like what we talked about you know, a few episodes back about how disappointing piranhas are. They're just waiting to, for a taste of Bolsonaro. <laughs> Banana. Banana. All right. Well, uh, moving on for the uh, to the uh, reading series for today's episode. You know, over over the holiday break, uh, there was a. Uh, uh, another a lot of people were messaging me about this. You know, I've had to wait some time to cover this, but it's been another 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 stunning revelation in the life and times of one Mister Rod Dreher. Oh boy. Uh, this this current revelation was about as surprising as finding out that Rod thinks that um, sexual attraction to men is ba- the baseline setting for uh, the male of the species, and that um, having t- like being sexually attracted to women is something essentially something that needs to be trained and learned into people through cultural programming. Uh, this current revelation about as surprising as that one. Uh, Rod's father was in the KKK. No way. I mean, what? I, honestly, like. That is like the least interesting thing about all this because it's a long post and Rod is once again very much in his feelings. But, you know, uh, for the, to, his, for, to a certain degree, it makes me feel bad for not for the man Rod is today, but for the person like the, the kid he once was. Like it actually like I, I feel some modicum of sympathy for Rod in the past. I mean, not Rod now, who I think is pretty much irredeemable, but it just it, like the, the piece really makes it clear that like like the, his asshole dad and family <laughs> ruined his marriage and life because they just couldn't accept how fruity he was and he they yeah. were just mean they were just mean to him his entire life despite how how desperately he wanted their approval. Yeah, it's like it's like one of those classic deals where all of the 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 white blood cells just go crazy. Like they had this kid and it's like he's not one of us. If he'd been in the wild, he would have been eaten by his mother. Yeah, like that. This like oh, this one didn't come out right. You know, and that happens. And, you know, we're all if that happens to you, you have to come to terms with it somehow. Most people do it by, you know, saying like, uh, sorry, parents, like I have my own worth. But but Rod took a different path, <laughs> um, a very different path. Uh, one could say that he took the ideology of his forefathers, his, the literal forefathers, and, you know, made it a little fruity, <laughs> got, a little, got a little nice oh. with it. Yeah, what if we were taking that burning cross and cooking bouillabaisse over it? 
and like you know a, a, a lot of a lot of the a lot of the piece is Rod of course stridently condemning uh, the, the the Ku Klux Klan. Good good on him for that. Let's give him a round of applause. That's brave. And, you know, yeah, well of, done, uh, sir. Um, you know, like uh, dec- you know, just sort of condemning um, the, a culture of like Southern racism and bigotry. That's all well and good, but that's not before. <laughs> that all comes before he suggests that his father's racism and membership in the Ku Klux Klan could have something to do with being demonically possessed by Freemasons. So it's Rod is <laughs> what, what, Rod is. I'll get to uh, it. I'll get. To, okay, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, just, just a few a few highlights from uh, Rod's uh, "A Darkness Revealed" column. Uh, this is his magnum opus in uh, the American Conservative, of course. So he writes: In 2002, when I was living in New York, my wife prevailed upon me to go see a Catholic therapist to deal with the anger over 9/11 that was eating me alive from within. <laughs> Great! I mean, just already, yeah. just just so. My wife prevailed upon me therapist. to see a Catholic therapist to deal with the anger I had about 9-11. How did you find a Catholic therapist in 2001? Oh, it's got to be. Like I mean, shit, my dad wrote a whole novel about a Catholic therapist. So there you go. He's going to oh, see okay. doc, Dr. Morales, <laughs> star of The Treatment, the novel and short stories. Um, no, he says here, uh, in the first meeting with the therapist, he told me that he was going to get me to see the awful truth, that under the right circumstances... I could have been piloting one of the planes that struck the Twin Towers. <laughs> okay, that amazing is a good therapist. therapist. That is a amazing great therapist, therapist. because, like I said, like he probably Rod probably walked in and was did not even get to articulate the phrase "I'm dealing with anger issues over 9/11" before the therapist was just like, "This guy could easily be one of the 9/11 plotters." Yeah, he pro- like probably <laughs> said like two words. Uh, incinerate an office building full of people because of some obscure religious uh, trauma <laughs> or pathology. <laughs> Under the right circumstances, I could have been piloting one of the planes that struck the Twin Towers. No way, I thought. This made me so angry. Yeah, so angry he was probably thinking about blowing up his therapist's office and cutting his head off or something. <laughs> I clashed with him on other issues and ended the therapy early. No way! <laughs> I really want to know the other issues he clashed with on his therapist other than you could have done 9-11. <laughs> I just can't believe that Rod didn't take well to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who would have Catholic guessed? Therapist. Yeah. You well, try as hard as you can, but, you know, <laughs> just not. For some people, it's just not the right thing. Uh, and then he goes, but I still was mad at him for daring to say that I might in any way have done such an evil deed. Okay. Well, we'll leave that there for now. Okay. Uh, jumping around, he says, uh, moving, up, moving along in the article, he says, anyway. I've said what I need to say, I do think, in a strange way that I have been gifted as a writer to have arrived in a time when the ways of the old South, the good and the bad, were a living memory, and that the people of that era were not historical abstractions to me, but souls made of flesh and blood. Today it would be impossible for uh, young white men to have a relationship with Oliver McNabb, an old black farmhand we called Preacher, who was the cook at my father's hunting camp. Preacher, so-called because he used to stand on the yard at Angola State Penitentiary and preach the gospel as he understood it, had done time in prison for killing his wife's lover. He was dear to me in my childhood. He loved all us kids, children of the hunters. He made jelly cakes for us on our birthday. Truth to tell, I would have preferred to have stayed in the hunting camp kitchen on the bluff high above the Mississippi on those cold winter mornings rather than go into the swamp in search of deer. I like drinking paper cups full of hot, sweet coffee with the gas heater burning brightly, listening to that old black man tell his stories. I was innocent back then of the social order and what it had done to preacher and men like him. I just knew that I loved him, and he loved me. He called me for some strange reason, Clyde. He had funny names for all his kids. That's not a funny name. He just didn't know what your name was. You made that little of an impression on him, Rod. This man is- you loved more than your own dad. He kept calling you Clyde, not because it was a nickname. He thought it was your name. I, okay... Up until the Clyde detail, I thought that Rod had completely hallucinated a Green Mile type event in his childhood. This is a beautiful mind. This is like Paul Bettany yeah. in a beautiful mind. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I like that he was like, I was ignorant of the social order back in that day. I just simply took it for granted that the uh, the felon who was the was the, the the cook for my dad's hunting camp was embedded in any kind of social order in the South. Uh, yeah, going on here, it says, I wonder this morning if Preacher knew that my father, with whom he was friendly, had been in the Klan not 10 years earlier. If he did, how did that affect the way he saw my dad? Did he know of other white men at the camp who had been Klansmen? 
I'll never know. Not this side of heaven. I do believe that, as sentimental as it sounds, Preacher has spent his time in heaven praying for them. That's who he was, a convicted murderer, a believer in Jesus, and a teller of delightful tales to white children he plied with jelly cakes on their birthdays. Lot go, lot, lot, once again, with Rod, I, just, I appreciate the psychology he's, he renders in all of his, all of his articles. Um, he doesn't have to see a therapist. He has thousands of view, readers who get to do like <laughs> yeah. massive online role-playing therapy of him. I and mean, every article he writes, it's just like, okay, what's going on with Rod here? You also don't really need therapy if Bagger Vance is in heaven <laughs> for you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, he says here, uh, go, j- jumping ahead now, he says, I confronted my father with this knowledge. He had the, uh, the, he's talking, of course, about the fact that, um, uh, that he wrote a whole book about the death of his eldest sister called like The Little Way of Ruthie Lemming or something like that. We've made fun of it in the past. We made fun of all the dead people in his family for a while now. But no, it's about, it's about how he like moved his family back to like the parish he grew up in in Louisiana. And that like he was expecting because he, he wanted to embed himself in a life of tradition connected to like, you know, uh, faith and family and like you know like the 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 soil that he had sprung from and of course they all treated him like shit and he's talking about how um like his it, like his dad had just like poisoned the well for like his sister and her kids for rod and his family so he says here i confronted my father with this knowledge he had the power to change the narrative but he wouldn't do it to do so would uh would be to admit that he had once been wrong and that that was something he could not do he told me in a separate argument that the Lemming girls, his niece's family, were right to reject us because y'all are so damn weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Oh, God. What can you say? <laughs> I do not... Obviously, we do not agree with um, most of what this man did in his life, whether it is being a member of the clan or um, siring Rod, but... <laughs> When he's right, he's right. He definitely he yep. got that right. He picked him on that one. Yeah. He's just, he's, Rod and his ways, are, they're, they're citified. They're not countrified. They're citified. And he says, I fell chronically ill with mononucleosis for four years because of the stress over all this. Four just, years? Four years. Four Rod years had of mono, mono from his parents years. treating him like shit. That's just, god damn. Rod, that is... is he has all the sympathetic ailments of a Victorian dowager. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. How he doesn't have long COVID or long vaccine hangover or whatever. I mean, just pick your poison, Rod. But, I mean, just why, <laughs> why you're tired all the time. I think he's uh, just going to – he's skipping all that a, shit, and I think he's going to end up with stigmata pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, yeah, he's doing the right wing version of like those people on Tumblr you would see where it's like huge day. I finally, you know, I found a doctor who believes me about my always tired syndrome. <laughs> there's got to be uh, it, there's got to be a viral explanation for why I'm tired and sad all of the time. Has anyone ever had mono for more than a year I, or even <laughs> six months? I like, didn't know that it could hold not, on that long. I thought it was no. the, the the kissing disease, Rod. You you cheeky devil. <laughs> no, he says he got he had mono for four years because of the stress over all of this. Okay. Eventually, I recovered. Thank God. Sure. I talk did. about this. I talk about if you this. You want to call it that? <laughs> I talk about this in my Dante book. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Midway through life, I found myself with mono in a dark swamp in Louisiana. <laughs> That's what, that's what people who bought the Dante book wanted to hear about. But he goes, and, uh, and the key moment of my recovery was realizing that without knowing what I was doing, I had made an idol of family and place, and in particular of my father, who was the embodiment of this. I took it all to confession and repented of having placed my earthly father in the place of God, the father in my mind. After that, I began to slowly heal and was able to present, uh, able to be present when my dad, a few months before he died, apologized to me for the way he had treated me. He passed from this world with peace between us, a great gift from God. Uh, I like he says that, like, I, I repented for placing my earthly father in the place of God, the father in my mind. Yeah, like, what a, what a weird thing to do to identify with your dad rather than the, <laughs> the deity that you focus your religious life around. Like I said, everyone needs a dad. Everyone needs a dad. Everyone needs find a dad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but okay, here is uh, this is a, okay. This is where Rod again after after going to great lengths 
to stress and like relay the, the, the deep, deep divisions that existed culturally, socially, and personally between him and his former Klansman father, Rod still can't help himself because he includes this paragraph. But they didn't have to because the ambient culture, while post-segregationist, meant that one absorbed these values unconsciously. Plus, black people and white people were really very different in terms of culture. What a shock it was to me to go to a rare evening assembly at school when I was 13 and uh, was then moved to the same building as high schoolers and to see girls only a year or two older than me whom I would see daily in the hallways at school carrying their babies while their mothers doted on them. That was, this was how local black culture was. It was also very, very strange to me as a kid to learn from black classmates in elementary schools that they had no fathers in the home. I eventually began to wonder to what extent the white taboos against race mixing was merely out of pure race hatred and to what extent it was a form of protection against the sexual code that was destroying the black family. So congratulations, Rod. Uh, any, 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 any iota of sympathy I had for you in your horrible childhood has now just been completely obliterated. You never miss. I, he never f- fails to uh, reveal his bone-deep sexual repression and terror. I mean, I think there's something to that. I mean, I think there's something to this, like the, the idea of like to how much race and sex and like sexual pathology is like you know is married in the minds of people like Rod and like what they hate and fear about black people is like you know is is just another extension of their own weird like sexual horrors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I've definitely heard that. I have heard that. Um, from academics who have um, much less baggage, let's say, than Rod. You heard from DJ that, academics? <laughs> you heard from DJ academics, yeah. <laughs> that, um, you know, a lot of um, anti-black racism in America is rooted in this, like, on the part of, of white people, like a pathological, psychotic fear and fascination sexually. And like, yeah, this, like, a, a, a base, that their kids ba- will become promiscuous or something if they, yeah, a, 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 yeah, a base fear of like cuckoldry, whether spiritual or literal, you know. Uh, and then, okay, now we get to the, the crowning achievement of of this Rod article. This is this is this is this is top tier Rod. We're finally getting to here. If you didn't think that was weird enough, he writes, "There's something eerie here too." Just last week, mm. in conversation with an Orthodox priest back in America. A cleric who is also an exorcist. Okay, so we're back. We're back in exorcism, baby. We're back. Rod is back. I mean, like the idea that Rod could go even one week without consulting with an exorcist is frankly ludicrous to me. So I'm glad that um, he's in da- in daily communication with exorcists of all religious uh, religious tendencies, Orthodox, Catholic, whatever. Um, he says here, uh, a cleric who is also an exorcist. The priest told me how he had discovered in his exorcism work how wicked Freemasonry is. He has seen people become possessed through it. I told him about my Catholic friend in New York whose grandfather was a high-level Freemason in Italy and who had become possessed through the curse he brought onto the family, which destroyed her father and his generation within the family and wreaked havoc on hers. I would love to know more of that story. But he says, in this uh, conversation, I mentioned to the exorcist my belief that my late father, a 32nd degree Mason, had been involved with the Klan in the 60s and how I suspected that had a lot to do with his prior involvement with Freemasonry. The exorcist told me that I must pray for my father's soul every day for the rest of my life. I agreed to do this. And now we find proof that my suspicions are accurate. Lord have mercy. I don't know what else to say. So there you go. Rod's father, a member of the KKK, do, but much, much more serious than being in the Klan, a 32nd degree Freemason, which is way more evil than being in the Klan in Louisiana in the 60s. Well, only one of those was responsible for the French Revolution. (laughs) Yeah, but like in the 60s, what are Freemasons in Louisiana doing? Like fucking driving around little uh, gag toy cars? Wait, no, those are the Shriners. Yeah, they're they're actually... (laughs) The Shriners are a section of Freemasons. They come, they're butted Demons. off of Freemasons. Yes. Demons. They're like a charitable arm of Freemasonry. Yeah, they're like the fruit of Islam to the nation of Islam. <laughs> yes. Um, how does he account for, like, the Freemasons who weren't in the Klan, which was a lot of them? <laughs> I mean, um, it, well, I, if I'm not mistaken, the Klan, the, the resurgent Klan that came out uh, around right after Birth of a Nation one of its goals was like against Freemasonry. Yeah, they were. If, if yeah. I'm remembering right, Freemasonry and Catholicism. Yeah, I 
whatever. Louisiana is obviously <laughs> weird, though. I mean, because like, yeah, there most of the clans have, been Catholics Catholic. there. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that? It reminds, like, me, uh, it reminds me of this thing that somebody told me uh, about French Alcoholics Anonymous about how they have wine at the meetings. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you can have like a little bit of Freemasonry and Catholicism at the uh, Louisiana clan. Yeah, you know, we, we thought things a bit different down here. <laughs> Uh, good, good, good. Uh, Thirty-three degree females in me make the jackrabbit slap the bear. Woo! <laughs> oh, that's some good Freemasonry. Uh, yeah, no, that reminds me of that. Like, uh, it was one of those like trad posts people were making fun of. It was some girl who was just like, in a lot of ways, uh, Southerners make the perfect Catholics. And then, unfortunately, there was a lot of people from the South in the replies just being like, "Yeah, my family thinks uh, Catholics are uh, pagan demons that aren't Christian." It's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, but they love well, tradition. Is yeah, the ultimate things. is the ultimate conclusion here that Rod's dad is in hell though? Yeah. Is he just sort of like That's why that's why the exorcist told yeah. me he has to pray for his soul every day of his life. But you know, oh, but the man, good news that is, is that, that they'll a, be reunited. Because that's where Rod's going yeah. for sure. <laughs> that is a pickle for Rod's dad. If he's just been in hell all this time and it's like, oh, we got bad news for you, Mr. Dreyer. <laughs> Only one person can get you out of this. <laughs> it's your fruitcake bouillon based cooking son. <laughs> he has to print. He has to. He has to get a pr- Him and his dumbass readers who send him fake stories have to make a prayer bomb like Goku that's big enough to create a path, a, a, a tunnel out of hell for you. And he's like, "Oh, damn it! Couldn't be anyone else. It's Rod. Rod's the one who's going to pray me out of hell. I knew I shouldn't have gotten involved in that Freemasonry." <laughs> So yeah, uh, listeners, if you have any if you have any family members who are in, involved in Freemasonry, please intervene now before it's too late. <laughs> I just I just love I just I just love for Rod like the Freemasons are the demonic feature of his dad's life and not literally being in the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like he was only in the Klan because of the Masons. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's like like yeah he. The, the 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 gravity he assigns the part about the clan versus the gravity of the thing about the Freemasons is just, it's it's like he talks about him being in the clan like he found out his dad frequented strip clubs <laughs> and he talked the Freemasons thing it's like he discovered his dad was a concentration camp guard yeah no like he says he says that like oh me, me and my father ended with peace between us and it's been a great gift from God and then by the end he's like I consulted my exorcist friend and I've been basically praying for my dad not to be tortured every day for an eternity because of his uh, masonry what's so wicked about the Freemasons again yeah that they're anti-Catholic church that they over they did the French Revolution they're, you know, yeah, this, they're, is, they're, this is hell on earth territory they were they do they did modernity Okay. They, they got together in their little cliques with their little aprons, and they tried to turn man into God instead of <clears throat> uh, worshiping God as they should. It's so funny because it's like it's like assigning like globalism to the Kiwanis Club. <laughs> At this point, yeah. yeah. Well, I it wouldn't be a Rod story if it didn't involve a mage. <laughs> I just love like Rod is wondering, what is that? That old black cook who I loved more than my own family and how I wished I could stay preparing meals with him when my dad and brothers are out hunting. <laughs> I wish I could <laughs> be setting the table with him. I mean, I wonder, God, God, I wonder what Preacher would think if he knew that my dad was a Freemason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's, um, that was the, the major rod news that transpired in the, uh, <laughs> the Christmas to New Year's doldrums. Finally, but man, it's just he... He keeps coming out with it just, just, just a, it's just like a kaleidoscope. Every time you turn it, his life reveals some new hilarious facet that has produced a man that we know and love, Rod Dreher. And he is now going to continue finding himself in the plains of, uh, of Hungary. Well, hopefully um, none of our listeners found out that any of their grandparents or dads or, mu- or well, they don't let women in the Freemasons, so that's, that's, you don't have to worry about that. No Freemason family members. Hopefully none of you discovered those over the holidays or the new year. Um, I mean, there's a good chance your mom or aunt could be in an equally demonic organization. The, the female Freemasons, uh, Daughters of the American Revolution, <laughs> or who have been club. doing human sacrifice since 1776. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I always wonder, like, how Rod's story is going to end. Like, 
I kind of give it like decent odds that he ends up like, I don't know, a member of BJP. <laughs> I could see him honestly doing that. Yeah. It like kind of makes sense. All that all that post nine eleven rage coming back to the surface. <laughs> like, oh right, Muslims. <laughs> what about you know, as we've speculated about many other religious fanatics in this country, what about just the light of Islam? Submission. Is that, uh, I think I don't know. You know what the Islam's a little too butch for Rod. Yeah, that's a little the thing. too he needs more a little too macho, a little too it guy. Needs more, heavy. Yeah. It needs to be more fabulous. <laughs> well, like I don't I'm everyone always like, you know, speculates on right wing reactionary like quasi-religious figures shifting over to islam and it's like i don't really buy it because islam is too like joyous for them you know like the average muslim just seems like i don't know a little too much joie de vivre for someone like rod i guess he could be like a hardcore salafist but even that that's like a lot of work probably too hard Mm -hmm. i mean you can't be you can't be eating Pork knuckle and hunger looking with sweaty Magyar men. If you're, you know, get, get really <laughs> yeah. all the delicious treats he loves to prepare and sup upon. Like you know, is uh, are, is shellfish forbidden in the in the Islamic dietary law? Like actually, it is in Judaism, I actually don't think so. Okay, so maybe you can have oysters. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not sure though. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Know who has no dietary restrictions? Freemasons. It's Even true. You want, yeah, buffet is always it. open. All you can I, I eat. mean, that's how you know they're up to no good. <laughs> All right, gang, let's uh, leave it there for today. Uh, till next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.